You're listening to America's Web Radio. It's time now for the Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lintonello. Good morning, everybody. Yes, it's a beautiful morning here in the Boar's Head Resort in Charlottesville, Virginia. Nice, clear blue skies, and and even Tom Cox is here. You finally made it. Yeah, Welcome. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm just glad you noticed uh, you had to uh, dial your phone in order to make it work. So I'm happy about yeah. that. The uh, Well, you know, and this morning is even complete with uh, Red Fox. We not the comedian, of course, because he's uh, God rest his soul, no longer with us. But we had a uh, red fox run out in front of us just here moments ago. So you know, we've got the setting. The lake is here. The cars are setting up. The tents are up, and uh, even the uh, wildlife is out here. Yeah, very talking about Richard either. No, of course not. But. Right by the pond here, we have a cars and coffee, and I guess there must be about, uh, you know, not many cars, maybe maybe 60 cars, but uh, it's a yeah, nice collection. It must, must be the Porsche Club, because there's a lot of early 911s, which is nice to see. But there is a Citroen GS, which is just an, an incredible mechanical marvel. You know, I always like those cars. I would love to drive one one day. The engineering was um, beyond compare. Amazing, amazing stuff. I, you know, everything that they did, you know, was pretty amazing. Even uh, <clears throat> the less expensive cars, they were still really well done. Indestructible. Yeah, and believe it or not, they're even more advanced than Triumphs, you know, so... Uh, make Are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> You know, there was, you know, this is Cars and Coffee, and of course, Cars and Coffee is a little bit less formal than a, a regular judge show. Um, you know, but uh, there was uh, really some nice patina on some of these cars out here, too. Made Richard feel at home. I think there was a little bit of rust lying under one of the uh, British cars. I noticed that little pile. Made you feel comfortable, didn't it, Rich? Well, yeah, actually it did. I felt at home. You know, we there was a early uh, 3000 Healy, and uh, it has a lot of, uh, you know, bare paint spots. All original paint, and it's peeling here and there, and that's what looks so cool about it. It really does have a cool look to it. I, I had an opportunity to buy a 3000 that was a fairly decent car many moons ago. But for 500 bucks, and uh, a friend of mine who was not a British car enthusiast talked me out of it. He's like, it's going to be a nightmare. You'll hate yourself for buying that car. Now I hate myself for not buying that car. So it would have yeah. been a great, great car, a lot of fun. They are. They're absolutely beautiful. I had a 67 Mark III BJ8 Dealey, and uh, it was very tight for me because, you know, I'm, I'm over 6'3". And it's really tight, so I, I, I got rid of it. it. It just wasn't pleasurable to drive. There just was no room. But it's a beautiful to look at. So, uh, yeah, you know, we all have those stories, you know. I had that story with uh, Sunbeam Tiger, and there's one here at the Cars and Coffee. Uh, red, of course. Too many red ones. But, uh, you know, Sunbeam Tigers are pretty cool. It's like a poor man's over. 
And uh, yeah, so so what do you think of cars and coffee? You know, what what, what is your, your view about those events? You know, I uh, you know, there's a lot of opinions on it. Uh, some of the old guard would say, you know, ah, cars and coffee, it's nothing but newer cars and so on and so forth. That's not really the case at all. Um, there's something for everybody. You know, you've got late model uh, chargers and so forth, Mustang Cobras and so you know, but you've also got, like here today, uh, 53 Chevy two-door sedan, uh, all original car, great-looking patina. That's just a lot of fun, a lot of fun to be around. And, and it's less formal, a lot less formal than a show. And so, I, you know, I think it's a great opportunity to mix it up and to bring people into different aspects of the hobby. In other words, you know, the guy that shows up in the new Cobra may find himself falling in love with a 53 Chevrolet. You just never know. Uh, we're all car people, and, you know, it's like me. Uh, you know, I started out with Hudson's, of course, and 1950s, early 50s uh, was my thing, and then... I mean, just as time went on, it expanded and expanded and expanded. Now, I like everything, including Triumphs. Ah, no man of fine taste. But, you know, the problem I have with cars and coffee, you got to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. I mean, come on. Who wants to do yeah. that? How about cars yeah. and coffee in the evening? You know what I'm saying? Like, cars and cocktails in the evening. This way you do your stuff <laughs> during the day. And then you come to the show. The, the cars and cocktails. <laughs> you know, they, these things are way too early. You get there at 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, and they're gone by 11. It's like, by the time you get home, you're exhausted because you got up so early. And the rest of your day is killed. So, <laughs> yeah, not for me. <laughs> I, I didn't just have a birthday yesterday either. So, you know, I've still got a little energy left. So, uh, by the way, happy birthday. <laughs> All right, thank you. <laughs> another yeah, nah. another year old, the advisor. <laughs> well, certainly another year older. I I don't I won't vouch for any of the rest, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, I I I enjoy it. I I'm like you though. I am not a morning person. I prefer to have something that's a little bit later in the day. But uh, you know, some of these cars and coffee events are just huge. I know down in. Uh, Greensboro, Raleigh area, uh, Atlanta area, you know, they have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cars of all kinds that show up. So eh, it's a good good way to meet other people that are, you know, into the, into the hobby. Uh, but, yeah, I agree. You know, by the time I get there, all the donuts are gone and eaten. There's nothing but crumbs and, you know, so on and so forth. I just need to get up earlier, I guess. But, uh Oh, it, it's there's nice to cause, be able to go and sit and on. Go ahead. Yeah, there's, there's a cause of coffee in Knoxville. It's in April and October, twice a year, and uh, it's about three to four thousand cars. Wow! And it starts at, yeah, it starts at six a.m. and it ends at twelve. And needless to say, I don't go. It's too early. <laughs> I'm not. Hey. <laughs> 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 so. Well, I, I think that, you know, it, it's, it's a real opportunity, though, 
um, like I said, to mix it up, to have people of all different backgrounds, the newer cars and the older cars all together, just to get everyone together. So, you know, I had a really good experience uh, the other week, and I thought I would relate that to while we were talking about general stuff. Um, so I have a 94... Mitsubishi, 95 Mitsubishi, excuse me, 95 Mitsubishi 3000 GTBR4 Spider, and I was headed out about a year ago, got a little bit too close to one of these artsy curbs with the, you know, jagged bricks set on the side, and uh, it ate one of my rims, and the rims are unique to that car, and they're very difficult to find, so i fortunate after a while able to find a, a spare set the problem was as is the case with a lot of those magnesium uh, rims the chrome was peeling off of it so I had a heck of a time trying to find just the right place to send the rims to to get them rechromed and I talked to a lot of people and you know chroming is, is not as easy as it once was to have done first of all it's incredibly expensive and second of all if you're not careful you'll send your chrome work to be done at a place that's just not suitable you know not skilled so you really need to do your homework so I talked to someone and they recommended Mr. Chrome out in Hollywood California now you know at first blush I'm thinking okay it's in Hollywood California and the name of the place is Mr. Chrome. So I'm thinking, eh, eh, meh, maybe not such a great idea. It sounds a little hokey. Anyways, I called out, talked to the guy um, out there, showed him what I had, talked to him about the issues, and uh, he sent a call tag out. I sent them out there to him. They had them about two and a half weeks, and they pumped them back to me. They're better than they were the day they were new. I was totally, totally impressed. These days, you know, you end up being becoming disappointed with uh, the quality of work done, um, the time that it takes, or the cost. I was happy all the way around. It was very reasonably priced. Uh, with shipping and everything, it ended up being about $300 per wheel, which I don't think is, is bad at all for the quality of job that I got. See, didn't your mother ever teach you never judge a book by its cover? See, you can never tell. Even some of the ads you see in magazines, you just can't tell how good or bad the business is. So I'm glad to hear that it worked out for you. But the big question I have is, why would you want to own one of those cars? Hello? They're ugly. Hello? <laughs> it's, a, it's a great car. And, you know, living up in the mountains... Um, where there are there's no shortage of twisty, turny, winding roads, particularly going to the house, um, that thing sticks to the road like glue, and it's so much fun. All-wheel drive, uh, interactive sus suspension, twin turbo, six-speed. It, it's just a blast to drive. It, it's like driving... Uh, a high-powered go-kart, really. But it, I love it. Absolutely love it. Are you there, Richard? Did I lose you? 
Well, we've lost Richard. <laughs> he's not in the lake, but uh, he's, he's out here somewhere, and he's uh, fallen off. Uh, I think he gets his uh, cell phone service through uh, Walmart, I believe. But uh, that's all right. He'll be he'll be back with us here in, in just a few minutes. Maybe he can go inside the hotel and use a landline. Um, but uh, no, going back to what he was talking about, um, you know. Having a variety of cars is an amazing thing, and I feel very fortunate to have a wide variety of cars. You know, everything from old to new, pre-war to post-war, sports cars, um, you name it. And, uh, you know, from the crude to the four-door sedan, uh, flat-top Bonne- 60 Pontiac Bonneville, that I've got, um, you know, they all drive differently, and they all, I don't know, they evoke a different emotion when you're driving them. They just make me happy in different ways. I can only imagine the uh, excitement you have of going through the mountains. That (laughs) oh gosh, it's a it's a blast. It's so much fun, Um, particularly when you can. You know, see everything ahead of you. You know, in the once the leaves have fallen, you can really see well uh, up on the mountains, and you really have an idea so that you can open it up a little bit, where you know there's no one getting ready to come around the corner or no one in your way, and you know, have a little fun, stretch stretch the car's legs a little bit. It's fun. Do you ever do you ever get waves as you go by? Um. Well, I don't don't see a lot of people out there um but it is a lot of fun and there is a lot of difference between the two the uh the mitsubishi 3000 uh it sticks to the corners like glue i mean it just it's scary really um because you want to push it harder than you should um you could really get yourself into trouble (laughs) <laughs> I can see Richard across the across the lake here. He's like climbing up this hill trying to get all service. <laughs> well, while he's doing that, let's take our uh, first break. Okay, Tom? Let's go. We'll be back. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. And now, back to the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. And we're back, and do we have uh, Richard with us again? Richard's back I'm with here. his Walmart cell phone. <laughs> so, uh, did you need to add some minutes to that? No. Uh, I'm good. <laughs> sure. <laughs> 
So you like being out in the country out here, huh? Uh, no, no. Uh, you can keep the country. I don't like it. I, I, I can deal with it for like six, seven hours, and then I want to go home. I want to go to civilization. I want to go where I got cell phone service and find food. No, not for me. Too many bugs, too many animals, too many trees. They all look alike. No, put me in the city. Don't fight. <laughs> <laughs> no, no foxes though. You know, good. <clears throat> Not every day that it, it, uh, sitting there watching a fox. It, look, look, go ahead. <laughs> no, you know, yeah, the fox is very pretty when he ran across the grass. Fine, keep going. Don't come near me. <laughs> well, it looked like he was just about to take out your better half. Um, you know, when he came sprinting across the lawn there, you know, you usually don't see those guys during the daytime so much. Um, and, you know, of course, now I don't know how true it is, you know, folklore is that, you know, the, the rabid ones, the ones that you need to watch out for, are the ones that come out in the daytime. So, you know, it's just making sure that uh, she survived, you know, the, the fox attack. So, anyway. Yeah. Well, I... Well, I'm back. I got service, and I'm looking at the show field, and I see an apple green TR tree that I have to go look at in a little while. So that's going to be interesting. So, uh, yeah, so, so what else is going on in the car world, Tom? Fill us in. So, well, you know, we've got, of course, uh, the Hershey Fall meet, which is going to be upon us in just 30-some-odd days now. Um, I think 36, 37 days, something like that. And, uh, you know, for everyone that's listening, and I keep repeating it because we don't want anyone to be disappointed, but we've had to shift the show um, back to Tuesday through Friday um, rather than the usual Wednesday through Saturday. So there's not going to be... Uh, uh, the big car show finale is not going to be on Saturday. It's going to be on Friday. And uh, it's been yeah, received with mixed reviews. But I, I've got to say that the show registrations are just in line with every other year. So, you know, I'm proud to say that we really didn't have a, a major loss of attendance uh, um, because of the change in the, you know, in the time frame. Uh, you know, I realize, of course, we'll probably, we would probably lose some just simply because some people are off on Saturday and makes it easier. But uh, obviously a lot of people have decided just to take off. I think we lost Richard again, too. Um, I'm going to have to buy him a cell phone. That's all there is to it. <laughs> Either that or get him a tinfoil hat. I, I think the tinfoil hat would be more appropriate. Yeah, I think it would be. If I got him a tinfoil hat, he could have better reception. And uh, Maybe you could put some have. horns on it for antennas as well. Yeah, why not? I think that'd be, that would be a great, great thing. Um, no, uh, the, the Hershey Fall meet, you know, if, if people out there have not been to the Hershey Fall meet, it's the granddaddy of them all. There is no other event in the collector car world that comes even close to Hershey. Um, I have walked it. I've been there 30 years I've been going to Hershey. 
and I've managed to walk the entirety of it, and that means all the flea market, car corral, and the show only one time in basically 30 years. Um, there's just that much there, and I have been on the ground from the moment it started to the last few minutes of the car show on Saturday and only made it one time. And I felt like I couldn't walk for three days afterwards. Literally, uh, I think something like right around close to 30 miles if you walk everything. You walk every aisle, you walk past every booth, you go to every past every car, every class of cars in the car show and the car corral and everything. Nearly 30 miles. It's crazy. Um, there's Richard. I'm back. Yeah, again. I'm going to buy you a cell phone. <clears throat> I have a good cell phone. The brand new iPhone. phone. It's this living in the country crap. That's the problem. No Flip service. phone. Flip phone. Right. So you've been you've been working on the uh, Triumph. Uh, you finally got all the all the debris swept up and out of the way. Um, you've been doing a little painting too, haven't you? Yeah, I've been uh, uh, painting all the ancillary components. You know, suspension and brake parts and uh, brackets and hinges and all kinds of things. And I got all the bearings. We'll be pressing them in this week and bushing. And next week I'll be painting the chassis, and then I can start reassembling it. And uh, the engine bay of the TR3 is all done. I'll be spraying that with uh, epoxy primer and then a primer sealer. I'll be doing that in two weeks. Then I'll give that a couple of coats of the uh, the green, enamel, and clear coat. And then I can start, you know, putting stuff back in the engine compartment during the winter. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a slow pro- process, but it's a lot of fun. It's, it's like building a giant, you know, AMT car kit that we used to do when we were kids, you know. It's just that it's a lot bigger. But uh, it's, it's very enjoyable. It's, it's a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, if, if you have the chance to restore a car, uh, do so. But, so, I bought... I bought this in pieces. I bought it in literally 80 boxes apart. The guy took it apart, and then he dropped dead. So there's those parts scattered all over his barn. I gathered them up, and I've been slowly reassembling it over the last few years. So uh, it's a challenge, let's say. Definitely a challenge. So, but you're doing all of your own paintwork, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I do my own paintwork and uh, bodywork. Uh, I had the body... Uh, rebuilt by Mark Macy in Macy's Garage in Tip City, Ohio. He specializes in TR3s, and he had a jig that he had made by an engineer. So it was assembled on a jig, and all the body panels lined up perfect with perfect quarter-inch gaps. I mean, it's amazing. And and then I got the body, you know, in bare metal, and I'm finishing it myself. So uh, yeah, I I try to do most of the work myself. And uh, I do it in the afternoon, a couple hours. In the morning, I work on the magazine. And then, uh, you know, get to relax, have some fun. So how do you go about, um, you know, keeping all the dirt, insects, and all of that out of your 
out of your paint. Well, you don't paint it outside. I paint it inside my garage. Yeah, I paint it inside the garage. And, you know, I put a nice big fan. I have a filter on a fan. And uh, you just suck out the air for, you know, a couple hours leading up. But, uh, you know, just keep your garage door closed. You may always, you know, there's always a chance you're going to get a little fly here and there. But you could take care of that later on if you had to. But, you know, overall, uh, once you start spraying, bugs don't like the smell. So they scatter like flies. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that that's really never been an issue. You know, the, the reason I ask is because I, I think a lot of people think that, you know, you've got to have a surgically clean uh, paint booth or similar in order to uh, get a decent paint job. And for that reason, a lot of people opt not to even try um, to do their own paintwork. So the fact that you're able to do it in the garage, do you wet the floor down or anything? Oh, no, that's the worst thing you could do, wet the floor down, because what happens while you're painting is the floor is drying and the water droplets are rising up into the air and they could get trapped underneath the paint and cause white cloudiness or even blisters later on. But you, you never want to wet down the floor if you do that, you want to do it at least, you know, 48 hours ahead of time to make sure that uh, all the humidity is gone. Because the least humidity, the better. You don't want the garage to be a humid place. But, you know, just in the days preceding uh, the painting, you know, I just keep vacuuming the garage floor, vacuum everything. I put drop cloths over the uh, tools area and things like that. And then just spray away. Never have any problems. And, it, and, it, and it, you know, always get some good results. Just preparation is the key, but uh, you don't have to go crazy with, you know, spray booth and all that stuff because, you know, you're just painting once every couple of years, though. So. Right, right. So, I guess in terms of, uh, and, and what you're saying is absolutely right, you know, if you cut corners on the prep work, the body work, the sanding, all of that, it's going to show up when you lay that final coat down. Yeah, that extra every hour or two makes a huge difference. Yeah, I mean, you know, the engine bay of my TR3, I've been now working on it for several weeks. I must have, you know, three or four layers of filler, and you sand down each layer to practically nothing. You're almost sanding it off just to make sure it's ultra smooth. So, you know, preparation is the key. You want to get rid of all the sand scratches and, you know, pinholes and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, and it's also time for a break. Okay. Sounds like we're up a on break. a break. Yep. Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. 
If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. All right, so, and, and you've got you've got a great signal now, right? I'm not going to lose yeah, you again. Good. No, let's hope not, but... Uh, yeah, so, you know, restoring old cars is fun. Buying a basket case is very challenging when the car's literally in dozens and dozens of boxes. Along with the cell phone. So, uh, Richard is, has taken a, uh, a break from us here again. And, uh, so, yeah, basket cases are, are really, really challenging. Personally, I, I don't know if I had the patience or the stamina to do a basket case, unless it's something that you could get a catalog for and uh, in an assembly manual. But I know people that uh, you know have bought uh, brass era basket case cars. Uh, literally, they don't even look like a car. They've loaded all the a pile into the back of a truck or onto a trailer and uh, they take these home and they spend all the time researching the body, how everything fits, all the mechanicals, everything from A to Z um, and they just spend hundreds of hours doing, doing research and end up starting on the car, spent thousands of hours on it, and they come out with a really beautiful, beautiful example of whatever it may have been, uh, 1910 Pope Hartford or, or something similar. And I'm just always in awe of the skill and the tenacity of people who are, are willing to do that. Um, I just, even if I had the time, I don't know that I would be able to uh, take that and, and run with it. Um, Richard and I have a mutual friend, Alex, who has a, a Volkswagen KDF, and uh, he literally started with very little, and he has spent years and years and years. There he is. I'm back. back. I, I was just talking about basket cases, and I was talking about our buddy Alex and his KDF, and yeah, you know that whole story. That's a that's a, a real 
journey for him, you know? He had to travel to Poland and Germany to find rare ADF parts. I mean, and that's the extent you have to go to when you want to make something correct and authentic like, like he's doing. He's going down to the correct nuts and bolts and fabric, and I applaud him for that. So, you know, restoration, you know, that's why you can see sometimes how they cost into the six figures because there's so time, so much time involved and travel to find the parts. So, uh, yeah, that is a great project, that KDF. And, and he's going to give a seminar during, uh, I think, Wednesday of Hershey at the library. Yes. So, yeah, that's going to be I great. I would encourage I would encourage everybody to take a break on Wednesday and go over there to the uh, AACA Library and Research Center during Hershey and uh, and listen in because it's really a, a fascinating story and one of determination. And as I was saying, when Richard was missing, uh, a lot of tenacity because, you know, to stick with it and travel all literally all over the world uh, sourcing parts for such a rare vehicle uh, so that, you know, they can put it together and share it with everyone else. It's just, it's just amazing. Uh, I, I don't have that kind of patience. I know you do, Richard. You're a very patient person. Yeah, you know, you're patient with the things that you want to be patient with. <laughs> <laughs> well said. <laughs> well said. My my wife is nodding her head, but she's standing next to me at the car show. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, speaking of speaking of Hershey, uh, Crankshaft is going to have a booth in the South Chocolate Field, five CV fifty nine, and uh, come on by and uh, chat a bit and uh, see the magazine if you're not familiar with it. So we're just south of the uh, food court. It's going to be uh, very exciting. Looking forward to meeting everybody. So you're working on issue number five now, right? Yes, yes. We're halfway through, and it should go to press uh, sometime in October. We have a new printer. It's going to be based out of Missouri. And uh, actually, that's a better, more central location to mail it out so everybody kind of gets it at the same time. And our previous printer was in, you know, New Hampshire. So uh, it should work out well. Got our fingers crossed. So not to give give it all away, but uh, what are a couple of the features that are going to show up in, in issue five? We have a beautiful... Other than about Tom Cox and his Hudson journey. Yeah, out of that, a, a beautiful 1930 Franklin sedan. Uh, absolutely gorgeous car. We have a Hino, which is a, ja- a very rare Japanese make. We believe this is the only one in the U.S., I traveled up to Akron, Ohio, just to photograph it for this issue. And uh, let me see, we have an incredible 1957 Dodge C500 four-door sedan, which is very rare. So, uh, yeah, we got we got some interesting cars, uh, got some interesting stories on uh, concept cars and things like that. And we got five new features in the next issue, including features on original owners and things like that. So... Uh, yeah, uh, if there's any issue you don't want to miss, it's going to be issue number five. And regarding renewals, we'll be sending out renewals in about a week or so. So, uh, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. And 
you know, I, I say it a lot and people think I, you know, I'm sure some people are skeptical and they think I'm saying it just simply because, because we're friends, but anyone who knows me knows that, you know, that's not going to bend me one way or the other. I'll just say it like it is. But, uh, you know, Crankshaft is one of the finest publications of the last 25 years, finest automotive publication. I mean, there's not a, a better periodical out there. Um, it's just outstanding. The photography, the stories, the way it's edited, everything factual, correct. Um, that's the type of material you want to be reading. All too often, people these days, they're, they're getting information about cars, um, technical information and otherwise, but just just stop with the historical information. When you go online, I'll tell you, probably fully a third of what I read is incorrect. It's just wrong. It's wrong. I, I don't know where they get it from. I, people just make it up as they go, I guess. But uh, Well, it's just a lot wrong. of people just follow. They, they, they just repeat information that they find. They don't do their research. And they just copy what someone else wrote, and then they think that they're a journalist, and they're not. So you got to dig, and boy, do we dig! And we make phone calls, and we only use factory literature to present our facts. We don't go by what's in Wikipedia because that's all wrong too. Not all, but a lot of it is. But uh, thank you very for those very kind words. When we get off the phone, I'll buy you a bottle of water. All right, and and I'll buy you a new flip phone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, spe- speaking about the you know research um, that brings to mind, of course, the AACA Library and Research Center in Hershey, um, which we opened and dedicated uh, last year uh, during Hershey. It's an amazing place. I, if you're going to go to Hershey, I encourage you to take. Uh, couple of hours out, walk over to the uh, headquarters in the library and, and check it out. You know, what the membership and our donors have done for the automotive hobby is absolutely amazing. Um, you know, Steve Moskowitz has done a stellar job as uh, our CEO, and without Steve, that project would never come off. But it's going to be a center point for the vintage vehicle hobby long after we're all gone. I mean, there are literally millions of pieces of literature in there, many of them one-off, only one existing. I mean, if you need to do research and you you, you get the uh, wherewithal and the intestinal fortitude to get a uh, basket case and you'll need to do some research to figure out how to put it all back together that's the place to do it it's simply amazing um, and it, it's going to pay it forward for generations to come which reminds me of something else too while I'm thinking about it if you have any whoop, I think we're up against another break time goes by so quickly we can wait a couple of minutes Oh, okay. A couple of minutes. Still got a couple of minutes. So, anyhow, um, Rich, you've been there, haven't you? Yeah, I have. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful place. Uh, I can't believe the amount of literature they have. And, you know, 
that's that's the key. You whether you're writing a story or you're doing research on your own for about about a car that you purchased and you want to dig into its background, only use factory literature. Don't go by what you find on the internet. Don't go by what you find on Wikipedia. People are just, you know, copying and pasting stuff they found elsewhere. And like you said, there's a lot of wrong information that just gets repeated. But uh, factory literature is the key. And uh, the largest collection I have seen is the AACA library. So it's a good resource. And you don't even have to be a member to access the uh, literature. That's what's so good about it. You know, it's open for everybody. And, and if you guys aren't going to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to give a shout-out to the uh, head person there, Mr. Chris Ritter. And uh, I don't know Chris personally, but I know him over the telephone, and he's always been ex- a great guy to work with. And uh, so I'm going to give a shout-out to Mr. Ritter. Chris does, does an exceptional job. Um, he has a great team up there, uh, Matt and others. Um, they're with master's degree librarians. Um, you know, these aren't uh, folks that just stumbled in off the street and decided that they were going to help people find books. Um, that's what they went to school for, and they all have a distinct passion for the automotive hobby. Um, it's interesting because Chris, for instance, you know, when he first came on board with the AACA Library and Research Center, and, and we'll have him on, I'll, I'll press him to talk about this, um, but he was not really a car guy. But but now, he's he's car guy through and through. Um, in fact, he posted a, posted a photo the other day. He's got a uh, 30, 38 Oldsmobile. And, uh, you know, in true car guy fashion, he was stranded on the side of the road a mere mile from the uh, AACA headquarters, too. So, well, great you guy. know, great I'm, people. I'm not, I'm not surprised to hear that because there's a lot of people, and I won't name names, in the automotive publishing industry who are not car guys. You know, they went to journalism school, they have a degree in English, and oh, yeah, I can write about cars, and that's why you see a lot of mistakes. You see a lot of erroneous information, stuff that, you know, is being written that they have no clue because they're not car guys. They they don't get, you know, into the hobby. And for them, it's just a job. And that's always been a uh, big contention of mine uh, dealing with people. To me, you got to be, you have to have the combination of being a hardcore car guy and being able to write. And now it's break rare. time. It's time for a break. Hang with us, Richard. Right. We'll be back. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. 
give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. Richard, All right, you're still with back. us. I'm still you're there. there. Amazing. Yeah, so, uh, so did we have a car in a week? Did you find any good deals? Did you hotwire any cars and bring them to your house? I mean, what's going on? You know, I, I hadn't found anything outstanding, um, which is kind of unusual. I've uh, yep. spent a little bit of time this past week, uh, what little spare time I had this last week, um, trying to uh, assist with an uh, a, a new friend with with a uh, local auction company, and they had a lot of automotive uh, bits and parts and pieces um, yep. that they wanted to get in the ha- hands of hobbyists rather than having them scrapped. Um, the estate originally uh, looked at some of the stuff, and they're just like, "Well, we'll scrap it all." And uh, one of the uh, gals that works for the uh, auction company and her uh, fiance. Um, they just didn't have it in them to see that stuff go to scrap. And I've lost Richard. So, anyways, um, they started sending me pictures. And I've spent a fair amount of time trying to uh, identify all these various parts and uh, try to figure out which cars they go to, what years they go to, and, and things of that nature. Um, sad to say I've been doing this long enough that uh, I can... I have a good eye, and so I, I can generally look at the stuff and figure out, okay, it's this manufacturer, it's this decade, and, you know, it's probably this model. And then if I have to, I'll go back and, uh, you know, research it and try to find out specifically, you know, what it fits. But I, uh, I've spent a lot of time doing that this past past week, so I really haven't taken a hard look at uh, at cars for sale um so we're, we're without a pick of the week this week but um last week of course was uh pebble beach and uh, the monterey car week and you know I, I would encourage everyone and i'm not one who you know i i, I don't like to feel as if the uh, auction world is, is driving the hobby in any way but uh Anyhow, I uh, I always find it interesting to see what's going on with the with the high end auctions and uh, what's happening um, out there and sales out there in in Monterey uh, were very strong and uh, you know it bodes well for the future of the automotive automotive hobby. Um, out there, I know a lot of people are constantly worrying that the hobby is, you know, aging out, and that 
you know, we're, you know, everyone involved in the hobby is getting old and they're dying off and, and no one's going to be there to love the cars. And it's really not the case at all. Um, you have to think about the fact that, you know, things change and the group that's up and coming and getting in, out of what I call just moving out of the expense cycle of their lives where they have a little bit of disposable income. Uh, i Richard. Oh, you're going to love me. I'm talking about auctions. Oh, I yeah, know how I much love you them. love the auctions. The, uh, you know, I was just talking about the fact that uh, Monterey Car Week, that the auctions out there, even though I don't look at them to set the tone for the hobby, I don't, uh, you know, set my watch by them, so to speak. Um, but sales were very strong out there, and it portends uh, well for the future of the hobby. Um, you know, people are always concerned, as I was just saying, that the hobby's going to die out, and that, you know, everybody's getting old. And, you know, there's still strong demand for uh, vintage vehicles of all, all kinds. I, I do think there are a lot of cars from the 20s, you know, the late teens and 20s, uh, nickel-era cars um, that probably are, have fallen in value. And it's a very unique uh, group of people that are buying those cars now. You know, think something like you know, things like a, a Whippet or or something like that that uh, is a little bit uh, off the beaten path. Um, they're called square cars as well. Um, but a lot of the people that you know knew those cars when they were growing up have passed away, and the value of those cars has come down considerably. However, on the plus side of that, it's they make great entry level cars for people. They do. With they, do. Uh, yeah. they do. They uh, do. You know what the total sales were results at Monterey Week of all the auctions? I didn't. Four, I did not look at it. Four hundred and thirty-five million dollars in sales uh, through the Bottom Gooding, uh, Broad Arrow Group, RM, and Meekum. They were all at uh, Monterey Peninsula. $435 million in sales. Is that not amazing? I mean... How astonishing. <laughs> yeah, and it's all types of cars. Although the majority of them, you know, the high-end cars are, you know, the coach-built Ferraris and Duesenbergs, things like that. But it, it still bodes well for the collector car hobby because it shows that there's interest. People are putting money into buying parts. And... Uh, you know, having restoration shops do work for them, chrome plating, all that kinds of stuff. It just filters down. And, uh, yeah, it, it's a very strong hobby and it's getting stronger. So that's a good sign. And like you said, you know, Model A's and, and some of those early cars in the 20s that a lot of collectors are not interested in, uh, they make a great value for the guy who's, you know, a gal who wants to get into the hobby and have something old. So, yeah, you're right. No, they're great entry level. Um, you know, you mentioned the Model A's, and you know, I'll give you know, and I, I can never be, a, you know, if anybody ever wanted to accuse me of being a single make guy, you'd probably have to, you know, pin me in the corner uh, with a Hudson. But uh, I'm not a single mark guy. But uh, Ford's the Model T and Model A, you know, and they're ubiquitous, but. You know, they're very accessible price-wise. There is 
tremendous club support for for both of those cars, specific mark clubs. Um, Model A Restorers Club, M-A-R-C mark, um, you know, Model C Ford Club uh, of America, um, and literally thousands of members and people with uh, years and years and years of experience that they're willing to share with, uh, particularly with new hobbyists, but with everyone. Um, and you can get into a Model T or a Model or Model A for, and we just lost Rich again, but uh, you can get into a Model T or a Model A, uh, you know, a decent car for under under 15. Once in a while, if you're really vigilant, you could uh, fall into one for under 10 grand. Uh, and then join one of the clubs. Uh, join up with Model T Ford Club of America or the Model A Restorers Club. And you're going to have a lot of fun. And those cars are extremely dependable, very durable. Um, they're easy to work on. Uh, they're very forgiving. Um, you know, you don't have to be uh, a precision mechanic in order to keep one of those babies running. Uh, it, they really uh, fill, a, fill a great spot within the hobby. Um, and then once you've finished with something like that, you know, then you know, maybe it's time to move forward and either buy more Model T's and more Model A's or go out and, you know, find something a little more complicated. Go out and buy a, a 33 uh, Essex Terraplane or something like that and, uh, you know, push your, push your limits a bit. But uh, it's, a, it's a real opportunity um, out there right now within certain areas of the car hobby. Um, where the prices are very, very favorable. But in general, the hobby is extremely healthy. Um, as Richard said, um, and he had the exact numbers, um, Monterey was a smashing success, and he's back. Um, well, what was that that just went by? You know, oh, that was a TR4. TR4A, ah. independent. But, you know, if, if, if you never fit the Monterey... Uh, you got to put it on your bucket list. It's just a fabulous, fabulous, you know, four or five days. There's so much to do, so much to see. You know, you'll be in the local gas station, and uh, you know, some of the rarest cars will just pull up next to you. It's just amazing. It's uh, it's one of those things that uh, people tell stories about year after year after year after year, and uh, not unusual to see. Yeah multi-million dollar car parked on the side of the street up there uh, during that whole uh, event. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely pretty cool. Um, you know, one thing that's going to be at Hershey too, and if you like older uh, pre-war cars particularly, um, the RM uh, Sotheby's auction at the uh, Hershey Lodge, uh, which will be on uh, Wednesday and Thursday this year, um, you know, has some great pre-war um, offerings, and you know, you can get, still get some some deals too. It, it's not all you know, multi-million-dollar cars. You can really actually find some really decent cars um, at the auction there, and you find a lot of really great decent cars. That the car corral is definitely going to be sold out this year. I think I heard Good. David in the background. Good. Um, and 
So sold out park rally, you're literally going to have, you know, well over a thousand cars out there available. And that doesn't count the cars necessarily that are in the flea market area as well, because there are a lot of people who put cars for sale out on their spaces. But, uh, there are great deals to be had out there because not all, but a lot of those cars, when people bring them there, they're there to sell. They don't want to take the car home with them. There are some dealers there, and they don't want to take them home either, but they will if they have to. But uh, sometimes there are just some absolutely amazing deals to be had, and you don't want to, you know, be afraid to make offers on cars. Um, you know, the worst people can tell you is no. Uh, you know, I, it's interesting. I uh, not not that long ago, uh, a friend of mine was uh, buying a looking at a 56 Cadillac and we were talking about what type of offer he was going to make and he's like, well, I don't know, you know it's not something that I have to have but if I can buy it at the right price um, I'd go ahead and take it and so Okay, one minute to go Offering about uh, 50% of yep, what the guy was asking He took it, you never know Yeah, took you it. never it know being a great car but uh, I run the dozen times off a half, and then you work your way up. <laughs> yeah, especially on the last day. Can say is no. Especially on the That's last the day, the car around. They don't want to take it home. But yeah, uh, have cash and have have the ability to make those payments while you're there too. Because if you don't, somebody else will, and they'll beat you to the deal. So you know, if you're serious about looking for something, you gotta gotta have the money on money in hand or verified funds ready to go um all right so we're at the end of the show we'll wrap and it up we'll be here next week same time same place but not here Everybody. we'll be at home <laughs> see you next week you're listening to america's web radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com thank you for listening